Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode of The Art of Rave was recorded during lockdown, so there were a couple of technical difficulties, so we apologise for any audio annoyance. Um, but enjoy. My guests today are Fabio and Groove Rider, the true originators and godfathers of the drum and bass scene. For 30 years, they've been at the forefront of rave culture, named in the top 25 greatest DJs of all time, and more recently celebrating three decades of rage back where it all began in heaven. From pirate radio to over a decade of residency on Radio 1, their influence is ongoing and they remain legends of the rave scene. to the Art of Rave. Thank you so much for being on. It is an absolute honour to have you guys on. Um, I watched the documentary last night, I listened through to the album, and I've definitely felt the vibe from that era. And just to give you some background, this whole podcast has basically been about me, who was born in 94. And growing up, I fell in love with dance music, predominantly drum and bass from about the age of 14. Um, and from there, I've, I felt like I, when I was legal enough to go raving, I went to a player's night on my 18th birthday in Fabric. And I, I've always loved raving, and but I've always felt like there is something missing that was there back in the day that isn't really there now. And so I started a podcast to try and find out whether technology or whether my generation and having Spotify and YouTube and logic to like make tunes on has changed the art of rave. Um, so I wanted to, uh, this, I'm speaking to people like you and I, I, what I love about this is that I love rave stories. I, I like, I've, I love hearing other people's crazy stories about rave or, or how things have changed and DJs talking to each other. And I've already done a couple of episodes with Andy C and Zinc, and they have both told me stories about you two. So, maybe oh, good ones. <laughs> bit worried yeah. about that. I don't think they dare tell what to tell a bad one. That's right. That's right. So, um, tell me, tell me where it all began with you guys. Is what I want to know. Where you fell in love with music and and how it all happened. Well, we're coming from West Indian backgrounds, so it's kind of natural to be into music as a West Indian. I know it's. I know it sounds a bit weird, as you know, but. 
it's true. I mean, like my old man, he was a he was a was an introvert DJ. You know, he, he want, I reckon he wanted to be a DJ on the side, but you know, he had to do normal job. Right. Like, but you know, he loved his music, loved buying music, loved listening to it. He had a sound system in his house, in our house. You know, it's just I just think it's just a regular thing for a West Indian. Yeah, just for real. in our DNA. And growing up in South London as well, growing yeah. up in Brixton, music's around you everywhere. You know, my first memory was um, actually my dad had a party uh, in the front room and I was upstairs sleeping. I weren't meant to be around. And I just remember walking into the room and everyone was dancing. They stopped as soon as I walked in there and my mum told me to go to bed. Yeah. And um, that was commonplace. It's I mean, commonplace. Yeah, parties all the time. Parties all the time. Music, you know, blues parties around the corner. Yeah. I used to sneak off and go to blues parties when I was 13, jump out the window and go to parties <laughs> around the corner and stuff like things that. things we had to do, man. That, you know, and, and, and to be fair, it's never stopped with us. Well, I mean, it's sick, like sneaking out of the window, obviously, but... I still do that every now and again. But, um, yeah, but music's always been around us. It's, 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 it's like lives and, and it's always has been. And I can't think of a better job than what I do. There isn't uh, one. I, there isn't. Uh, I've, I've sat down and thought about it, like maybe a footballer, but that that's... that's there's a lifespan on that. Yeah, exactly. There's no lifespan exactly, in music. Exactly. And there's no lifespan on this. I mean, we can literally go on forever. Yeah. So am I right in thinking that you guys met at Pirate Radio? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah 100%. But, you know, we knew each other from round the way because we're both from South London and yeah. you're growing up and everyone kind of know if you're the same age you kind of um, well, I'm, I'm a bit older I knew you was going to say that I didn't say anything <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a bit older not that not as old much older as he likes to think but I am, now, this I, is going to be the podcast to split you two up yeah. but, <laughs> I didn't say anything I just sat there I, <laughs> I knew it was coming <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, music has always been around, and and, and I, as I said, I can't think of a better job. Uh, yeah. As, as Groove said, being a footballer would, or, or sportsman, but mm. that's got a shelf life, and um, mm. we haven't got a shelf life, and so you know that's just it's it's the dream job. Yeah, and, I bet. and when we started, we had no idea that we had any life. There was no, it's just a, you know, it's just something you could do. My main reason of getting into music, I'm not even going to lie, it was to get into clubs for nothing. <laughs> I'm not even going to yeah, lie. Yeah, I did exactly the same. <laughs> First thing I did when I got into the industry, write a drum and bass tune, yeah. like, front of the queue. <laughs> exactly. I just didn't, you know, because you have to remember, the time that we were growing up, getting into clubs was a problem for a black person. Yeah. And that's mm, that's, that's the era we come from. That's, that's, that's what it was like growing up. So tr getting into a club for nothing as a black person, Jesus, that's the ultimate. So yeah, I've, I've li I'm living the dream, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice to see, and I've always felt like you guys have had the respect you deserve. Ha has it always been the case? And you know, it's has getting into clubs now as a person of color any easier than it was back then, or has it always been the same? Well, I think what I was trying to say is, is the rave scene changed a lot of things. I mean, when we used to go out back in the day, there wasn't there wasn't that kind of unity. There was, as I said before, black guys danced and white guys stood there and watched us, you know what I'm saying? Black guys used to... I used to be a soul dancer. I used to go out and dance. 
I used to have a kind of outfit I used to wear and and we used to take from <laughs> yes. dark, yeah man yeah yeah it was a thing it was real <laughs> it was real and and, and, and that's on the, the internet ah <laughs> uh, there's nothing on the internet thank you <laughs> and um, there was a thing in the in, in the in the eighties about jazz dancing and jazz dancers and having a style, a 40s kind of style. And so that was the thing. So we used to go out and dance. And then, then uh, the rave culture happened and, 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 and that broke down so many rules. Uh, I can honestly say I've never felt there's racism on the door or by security. I think what you get, you, it's different in the West End though. And, and, and that's the sad yeah. thing. The sad yeah. thing is where they specifically play black music, they don't let black people in the club. Yeah. And I've, I, I have an instance of um, Charlotte, my girlfriend, she DJed in the West End a lot. And so I got into this thing where going out to drum and bass all the time, I always just wanted a different kind of flavour. And I was into the whole hip hop vibe and, I remember every time I used to go down the West End, first of all, it, it, you used to have to dress a certain way. You used to have to dress up more than a white person had to dress up. You really had to make an effort. Um, wow. Yeah, and then you got scrutinised a lot more when you were walking through. You got, and you, you could see it on security's face as soon as you're walking up. Mm. It's kind of like they'd nudge each other and it's like, really, guys? But it's a kind of subconscious thing because Terrible. as a black yeah. person, you, you, you kind of go through this kind of all the time. So you just see it and it's, if you don't, it's really funny because it doesn't register, but because it happens a lot, you've just got this sense straight away. The, the worst thing was, was I went to a club and I'm not going to name them. Maybe a year ago I would have. It's, not, it's no longer open, but it was the biggest club in the West End at the time. This story is quite unbelievable. And, um, Charlotte was playing and I was meant to go down there with Charlotte because I thought I have to go with her to get in the club, which is that in itself is, is kind of like, really? And, um, Whoa, really? and then I, got, I, 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 I remember I was doing something and I said, look, I'll meet you down there. And I, I was really paranoid because I sat there and I thought, I really don't want to do this because I know I'm going to have to go through some bullshit. So anyway, got to the club um, uh, 10 minutes of procrastination on the door uh, trying to tell the security it's my girlfriend um, she's playing there he was going no 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 you can't come in blah 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 so oh guess what he done he turned around and he said to me um, I said please listen, listen can I go and get her and they looked at each other and they were like listen mate you've got five minutes right mm. Walk downstairs. Now, no, first of all, uh, tell a lie. First of all, he said I didn't. I weren't dressed right, and I weren't really. I weren't wearing shoes, and I had these kind of booty kind of things on, which you could most ninety-five percent of places they would be like, "You got shoes on?" They were like, "Nah, they're not shoes." Walked in as soon as I walked downstairs, I saw a bunch of white guys with tra dirty trainers on. I thought, "Wow, okay." So I was looking around for Charlotte, and I couldn't find her, and I, w I was in the club. And the security guy came up to me and went, you, you, need, you need to get out of the club. I was like, what do you mean I need to get out? He said that we have got, we think you've been dealing drugs in here. 
I I've literally just come down here to get my girlfriend to come upstairs oh and say to you guys, can I actually come into the club? He went, we've got you on video. He said, we've got you on videotape dealing drugs in here. I said, mate, I've been in there for 30 seconds. He went, get out. I went, what? He said, get out of the club. I said, are you being serious? He went, get out. And he went and got two other guys, huge guys. And I just looked around and thought, this can't really be happening. They escorted me up the stairs, chucked me out of the club and, and locked the doors. And I was just in absolute... This was not... This was what? Six years ago? I was going to say, this do not sound like two, two it wasn't long that, ago. It was about 2013, something like that. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a couple of things that go through your mind. One is to resort to stereotype and just go mad and just kick the door down and just go yeah. ape shit. The second is to walk away. Now, none of those options are great. Do you know what I'm saying? They're, they're, yeah. So what do you actually do in that situation? You walk away and you walked away from a situation where you've been thrown out of a club that plays black music because you're a black guy and then you've been accused of dealing drugs on top of that. They said they had video evidence. Um, and, and all of this was because I couldn't get in the club anyway. <laughs> so I went downstairs to get someone to get me in the club. Then I got thrown oh out. Of the it was just, it was unbelievable what happened to me. Yeah. And, and, and I was just, I didn't know how to feel. Because when I just sat down the door, is this really happening in, in the 2000s? Is this really happening? Mm-hmm. I mean, even in my darkest days of going out in in the 80s, that nothing as bad as that happened. And this was a predominantly, well, it's not predominantly, 100% black music. It was hip-hop. It was a hip-hop night. Do you... Because I'm quite... I, I wanted to find out if the rave scene, especially how Jungle and, and where you started was quite um, ethnically diverse, mm. um, how you feel now with with how rave is or that it's just a new generation thing or if there is any sort of racism that you have noticed within that sort of community? No, not really. I mean, you know, it's I, I've never... As, as I said, I always feel rave is, is a lot more open than other uh, genres. Um, there are those that think there, there is not enough diversity in the lineups. Um, that that can be debatable. I, I see both ends of that. I do see, sometimes I do see maybe that there could be a bit more diversity. Um, there was an issue with, uh, there was a lot of talk about diversity a couple of months ago. Um, and uh, things hopefully have been rectified a bit. You know, it's been, yeah. you know, consciousness has been awoken. So I think people are, I think the thing that the time we're living in now is that people, isms aren't really, it's not happening in, in 2020. And with all the shit that's happening now, I think that people, whether it's sexism, whether it's homophobia or racism or, ageism, I think people ain't having it no more. I just don't think they are. And so any any little 
if there's a if, if anyone sees any flaws in anything, they'll they'll talk about it. Yeah. And there, there's conversations that have been had, and and pretty strong conversations, um, which and is it could it. It could be down to technology as well, and that's another thing that that's I talk about well, a lot I, I, in my a podcast. A lot of it is down to technology, yeah. and that drum and bass is so technical, and and it's it's it's, it's very complex, and and it's got a sound yeah. that isn't it isn't it's you know we've got to remember another thing about drum and bass. It goes at one seventy. It's really fast music. It's not slow. Mm. You know what I mean? And then when you're listening <laughs> to a little AJ Tracy, and you've got that like kind of little bubbling party vibe. And then you listen to drum and bass. It's the, 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 there is an extreme difference between um, <laughs> between the two. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think yeah. whereas there's not that those signatures of of a big hook or something you can latch onto, drum and bass. You know it. You know it's 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 got it's got to hit you. It's got to hit you there. And if it doesn't, you're never going to like it. You're not exactly. You're not, you're not going to like it. You, you can't ever force anyone to like drum. You know, like like some people, they're like, yeah, well, I like a couple of drum bass tunes. I like like two. Like shake <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm like, well, you don't really like drum and bass then. It's not. Can you do be- six hours in exactly. a room in dark lights? Like yeah. That's when you know you fucking love drum and bass. Yeah, tunes with no vocals. You know what I'm saying? You don't hear no <laughs> yeah, vocals all exactly. night. You're just going to hear rhythm tracks. <laughs> Can you handle it? No, you can't. You can't. And you know that's the thing. So it's either it's and, and that's that is the most wonderful thing about drum and bass is that if you're in it, you're in it. And even if you go away from it, and and even if you don't like what's happening now, mm. you still love what's happening before. What yeah. what's happened before? You yeah. always love those tunes that you used to go out and party to, and you and when you hear those tunes, that that feeling. That feeling of love, you know, that love you have for it just comes flooding back. Um, yeah. And then you go out and you might hear loads of new tunes because there's not so much anthems now. It's very it's very much uh, rollers are coming back and, and it's very much very bass rhythm and it's very, it's, 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 it's the anthems... I'm sure when you was going out, there was a lot more anthems than there are now. There were, there were. It's more like we've just coming out of the horns kind of phase within drum and bass, where it just be these big long ship horns, (laughs) and now we're kind of going more into those, back into those like really like earthy sounding bass. Definitely, definitely that rootsy kind of vibe is definitely coming back. You know, all that Mm. kind of uh, just a lot of stuff is is taking off that, that that V sound. Of, of of die and and um and Ronnie and Crust and that kind of earthy Bristol sound is definitely yeah massively I mean? so I, I I hear that and because it kind of kind of gives another side I feel like Bristol drum and bass is almost a genre in its own sometimes yeah, of course. yeah because I think absolutely. yeah because it's it's so different to everything else and i think what's so lovely about the genre is that it's always taken dives and turns always and I think always and I think coming back to the whole community thing as well, like I am a part of a Facebook group called uh, D&B, D&B, I can't remember what it's called, D&B Direct, I think it's called. Okay. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a big community of people who all love drum and bass and all talk about it online, send the memes and send the tunes. Yeah. And, 
you know, it's it's of importance for that group for everything to be, you know, any sort of phobia at all, transphobia, racism, mm. homophobia, sexism, and it's not tolerated. And I think, mm. you know, if we can thank anything, you know, is that we've got a, a rave scene that is still a safe space. And I'm glad that to hear that it's kind of changed a little bit from when you and when you and Groove were getting into clubs and you were like, oh, sick, oh, yeah. we get to go into clubs because we won't be able to usually unless we had six girls with us. Yeah, 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 which is like, <laughs> yeah, those, but, you know, sadly, um, and, you know, as I said, I've not been to the West End for a while, but sadly um, that happens uh, still. And I think I it does happen in, 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 in like your local clubs in suburbia, unfortunately, I think, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it is down to security as well. A lot of it is down to these yeah. guys that are just pumped up, um, you know, racists. And, and, and yeah, they yeah. just, you know, it's, it's, you know, and maybe they get a protocol. Maybe they get a protocol from the owners. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but in mm. suburbia, I think, unfortunately, Becky, I think it still happens quite a lot. And I think your local club... I, I, I would suggest if I was to go to a local club uh, or, or a, a club in in suburbia tonight or when clubs open up again, <laughs> I, would yeah. have trouble, I would have trouble getting in. Or if, if not have trouble getting in, I would have that look. I don't even I don't even want that look. I don't mm. I don't I don't want no one to be. I'm walking down the road and twenty yards away is kind of like, yo, yeah. right? Uh, wh- wh- how do we feel about this guy? Why? Why is that even a thing? Like you know, yeah. that alone oh. just makes me feel pissed off. Do you know what I'm saying? Of you know that, that alone makes me feel pissed off. The, the yeah. fact that you're even thinking that, and unfortunately, and that's, some, uh, that's yeah. something I don't think it's going to go for a long, long time, Becky. Because I think it's something that's ingrained, and I it's think much deeper. Yeah, I think it's, it's societal massively. Because I yeah, think it is. you know, I think a lot of white people don't even know that they're doing these microaggressions. No, 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 they don't. No, they don't. I, I tell and you it's... another, the last example, the other, the, this is this two weeks ago, I went on a train and I sat down on the train and, no, actually, tell a lie, tell a lie. This was pre-COVID. This is when everyone could actually sit. There was no distancing. And, but this was like social distancing. I sat down and there was a seat next to me, empty, the one seat on the whole train that was empty. And you know, three people came on, looked and stood up. And I thought, wow. And you can sit down and go, maybe they didn't want to sit down. And it's like, no, I know. You know, I've been around a long time, as I said, I know. I look and it's, Becky, it's, when I say it's a split second, they don't even know they're doing it. It's, it's literally, yeah. they look and, and their brain just, it's like, no, don't sit there. And, and, I'm, and it's kind of like, one, I don't mind because I've got a spare seat and I'm quite cool with that. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, it's just Yeah, but it's the fucking principle of it. It's the principle. And I, sit, and I walk off the train, I'm like, wow. And these people, you don't look at them and go, wow, that, that guy looks like a racist. I'm talking about normal people. Yeah. Then they're, they're not, yeah. you know, coming home from work. And it's kind of like, oh, I'd rather stand up than sit down next to him. It's like, wow, that's deep. But look. Yeah, proper. That, that's deep. It's deep. It's deep. 
Because I, I look at these people and I look, there was a woman in particular and I'm, I'm, I'm staring at her and she she kept looking at me and looking away. And you know what? I could tell she felt really guilty. And I was thinking, don't you dare come sit down now. Don't don't come over and sit down now. Because you sat down and thought about it. Why did you do Oh my that? God. And she kept looking at me. I could see her thinking, oh God, I, I should really sit there. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's a mad thing. Oh God! Thing. Yeah, it's a mad it's thing, but awful. Yeah, but unfortunately, it is, it is the way it is. You know what I mean? And um, when I, when I was growing up, I did sit down and think, I wish I was white because of the the way I felt about everything. Like I saw white kids never having these problems, and 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 I sat down and thought. God, is, is being black really that bad? Because I was dark-skinned as well. I used to get taken out of me by light-skinned black people. So that was a double-edged thing. I Light-skinned black people used to be like, you're so black. Oh, and then, then, it, then, you know, you get older and things change and you feel proud of, you know, being black. And then that happens and you, you go back to, you know, I've got chucked out of a club because I was black. And, and, and I just sat down and thought, I, I've not felt like this for a long, 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 long time. And it just, it just took me back. I remember sitting, sitting down in the wall and I was thinking, that just took me back to the 80s. And, and I hadn't felt like that for ages. And, and it just goes to show that, you know, sometimes things haven't moved on as much as you, you'd like to think. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's, when incidents like that happen, it's just crazy. Um, but, yeah. you know, we live in hope. We live in hope. Well... I'm glad to know that the the rave scene is a little is a, a little bit better. Obviously, not the the posh dance wanking yeah. club scene, but I, I am fucking going to them clubs anyway. They end up in my fucking money. I'm all about the sweaty dark warehouses in the middle. Yeah, of the yeah, world. for real, for real, for real, for real, for real. You know how it goes. It's, it's you know it's uh yeah. you know some people might have a different difference of opinion about 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 everything, but I feel. I feel things are not getting better. I think people are more aware. And, and I think as the more people that are aware and the more it's out there, the more it will exactly, yeah. help future generations. So, you know, mm. we're talking about this shit now. We have hope. Um, right. Let's get talking about you guys again and the success you've had. And I want to get straight back to Pirate Radio. Yeah. Pirate Radio was such an important thing that Massive. held together the, you know, that it, 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 that it held together the fabric of the dance scene, you know, and, and people like Andy C sat in his room at 16 listening to, you know, records on, on, on Pirate Radio and ringing up and going, what was that tune you played three, three <sighs> tunes ago? And you guys were the ones that were, were pushing that as yeah, well. Yeah. And telling him um, to piss off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fabio said that, not me. I'll just underline that. <laughs> He's the knife. I, He's said, the I never told him to piss He's off, man. Nice I never done it. <laughs> Oh, bless him. Um, so do you, when Pirate started going, well, I suppose when Pirate stopped being Pirate, how, did you notice a change in the community or the scene through that? No, because I think when Pirate, um, Pirate opened the door to dance music and, and, and then mainstream radio took it on. So we left, we left Pirate Radio, but then about 
you know, 10 years later, we were on Kiss FM. And then mm. we went to Radio One. Yeah, Radio One's very important to kids. Oh, yeah, there's a little gap, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah there was yeah, a little gap. Yeah, but yeah. radio's been really important to us. It's been really important to our careers. Radio One was very important. So yeah. was Kiss, Kiss FM. Kiss FM, very important. Very Over important. a decade on Radio yeah. One, isn't it? For, 14 and, years? Did years, I read that right? 40, it's 13 years we were Radio One. Right, right. Incredible, really. I don't think. Nobody's going to get that playing drum and bass the way we played it. Exactly. Nah. exactly. You know, we were proper gangster with it, it as know. well. You know, we weren't coming in with some like corporate voice or anything. We were mm-hmm. proper gangster with it. And it's so, funny yeah. because we left when, you know, things got more corporate because yeah. we, we could literally play what we wanted. Yeah. And and towards the end, we were getting kind of, they were trying to draw us to play more mainstream stuff and, and, and record label yeah. kind of, and we weren't into that vibe. That that was never us. One that's been like quiet and not, yeah, you know, yeah. we were told we'd, we're talking too much. Yeah. Like, like, fuck, you know, is like, it? Yeah, we, we, yeah. That's, that was our thing. Wow. You know, we, we were personalities, and, and, and that's uh, personality radio has kind of gone a little bit. Yeah, you I mean, listen to radio yeah. now. It's, now it? You play the tunes and shut up. That's what yeah, you play your tunes, shut up. You know, you play your tunes for the record companies and whatever, and, and you shut, shut up. Mm. But we, we, we were like, you know, we like gassing and talking about stuff and, and I think that's what drew people in yeah and I the mean, fact we were playing you might not even have been into drum and bass but you would have got the band up. you'd listen for yeah. the absolutely yeah, got yeah. how interesting that you would because I suppose when you start getting into Radio 1 that's when I mean I'm predominantly mainstream with the music that I make, but the amount of fucking politics that is involved in that shit and like, you know, the radio... Exactly, why is it supposed to be politics and music? Right. It makes no sense. Yeah, Exactly. But it's the big bosses who have taken a chance on signing something and then they want it played on radio and then that's when they're going to you, you know. And I can imagine, you know, I can imagine that was a big difference from, from back when, you know, you were just choosing tunes and playing them because you liked them. Well, yeah, yeah. And really, that's what it should be about. You have to remember so, back then, mainstream radio wasn't interested in dance music to the point that it is now. You know, it wasn't a thing. They were still on bad big bands and Celine Dion and all that kind of crap. So, um, you know, so, so that's why we had to all start our own independent labels and all that, because we weren't getting our music heard. And that's why there's so many independent labels now and big majors that's to go and sign them up. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah, also, I remember uh, our previous agent, um, she she um, sent Radio One a letter in the days when you writ letters, not emails. Um, years ago, she was like, "Listen, I want to try and get you up on Radio One." And I was like, "There's no way they're going to listen to this." This is about ninety two, ninety three, when it was kind of like really, really mainstream. They weren't, they didn't have any commercial underground shows on there. And uh, she wrote to them, and, and and they wrote back, and they said, "Look, you know, um, we'll think about it, um, but right now, it's 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 not, it's not for us. Thing. And then, literally two years later, one in the jungle started on, on Radio One, and which was, you know, an open forum for for DJs and MCs to um, come on and, and, and do shows. And then we got headhunted from Kiss, um, uh. and, and the rest is history." Right, but pirate right. radio opened up the door for all of that. I mean, yeah, on pirate radio, you know, it, you just did what you want. I mean, and pirate that was, music exists because of pirate radio, basically. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I mean, you know, you wouldn't hear Jack Your Body or or the big house tune you know, or the big jungle tunes of the day on Radio One or Capital or any of those stations. You heard it on pirate, and that's why pirate had, you know, it's always had that. We always have that really fond memories of doing pirate radio. Um, and it, it, it was everything. And I think dance music owes pirate radio a lot. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, me too. Mm. And I don't think it gets the respect it deserves, really. No, I don't either. And I think that's because not a lot of people know about it. Yeah. You know, there was a sense of community there and a sense of, you know, tuning in and excitement and shit, I've got to listen to that and and tune into this. You know, there was a sense of excitement that you, I don't know whether exists anymore amongst my gen because the... It's all spread out. That's what the problem is. It's yes. so easy accessible now, you know. Yeah. You and people can thing. just throw away what they exactly. want and yeah, onto true, the next exactly. track. True, exactly. true, true, true. I mean, you know, even the fact that um, um, if you listen to tunes in the 90s, there was, you know, I'm sold in motion and uh, true stories by Crust. These tunes were 13 minutes long. And now I'm getting tunes that are three and a half minutes long. Yeah. Do you know Excellent. what I mean? And, I'm, yeah. and I, said to, I said to someone, why are you making your tunes so short? And he was like, because kids, their attention span, because they flick through stuff on Spotify and Tidal yeah. and streaming, yeah. they don't listen to tracks for more than a minute. And I was like, well... Yeah. And that's a lot to do with like club DJs too. Like true, true. Drum and bass, I mean, a lot of club DJs don't play tunes for longer than a minute. Yeah, that's right. That's not yeah. my right. personal yeah. way. That's right. Playing music. Interesting but. point. And and we and we don't. You know, we 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 were brought up in a completely. I mean, way. somebody plays a tune for five minutes. It's got to be something in there past one minute. Yeah, that yeah. I need mm. to hear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, so you know, yeah. that's probably why we are who we are, and people are who are who they are. But playing tracks for thirty seconds or a minute is not really my way personally. Do you think, looking at where you started in in clubs and stuff, and um, in my notes here it says that you guys, well, I think it was you, Groove, that that started DJing in um, illegal raves and warehouse parties. Yeah. Um, and again, that's another thing that I've will never probably ever experience. Oh, you will now. It's COVID times. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, yeah. bro, but there Real are people talk. having yeah, That's what I'm saying. That's oh, what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Got you, got yeah. you. That's yeah. what I'm yeah. saying, yeah. man. You can experience it now. Yeah. Do you... Do, if, uh, this is something that I was going to ask Sister Bliss on the last podcast, but I didn't get time to. Do you think that, that all of this is creating a resurgence in illegal raves? Well, it's going to... People want to party. No matter, no matter how much you lock them up, or you say they can't do something, they'll go and prove you wrong and go and do it anyway. Yeah. So, you know, there's been no raves, man. How many people are hungry for a proper rave? Of course they're going to do illegal parties. Why Why wouldn't they? This is how yeah. the whole thing was built in the first place. I mean, yeah, you've got to remember, you know, rave was built on, you know, people got to remember what, what promoters used to do. They used to go to fields, someone's field. A right? Their property, they used to break in and set up lasers and sound systems and get 20,000 people. And without yeah. these people even knowing. Without one flyer going out. Without they, one flyer going out. Wow. Um, what was it back in the day? A pager. It was a pager. pager. You had the page. You get a page. Or you, you used to, to get, the pirate radio used to give you a number. You used to have to go to a phone box. Oh, yeah. And then they would, you'd ring the number and they'd tell you where the rave was. Yeah, that's how because there weren't mobile phones back then. That's there weren't no thing. mobile phones. No, so things were really gorilla back in the day. People, that's what people used to do, and I think people are going to do that again. Of course, they're going to do that. It's just like even in 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 the in the forties when there was prohibition when people alcohol mm. banned. What did they do? They had speakeasies, they had parties. Do you know what I mean? And that's going to happen now. And and I think you know it, it probably something new will come out of this. New music or a new a new way will come out of this. Yeah just like it did with Rave. Yeah. Yeah. 
I can well, I'd like to think so. Because I think there's also another another thing for me that there was such a movement back in like the late eighties, early nineties that I'm not sure will ever be well, that I'm not sure will be achieved again. Well, it can't be because it was new then, it's not new now. No matter yeah. how you disguise it now, it's still a rave, isn't it? <laughs> well, for yeah. example, if you if Sorry. you take dubstep for a genre, yeah. like that genre was like this whole invented thing and then died in the UK on its ass after two years. Mm. You know, yeah. there hasn't really been that lasting. What do you oh. think? Go on. You, you know what? I think there's two things. I think, you know, when people talk about the 90s being better or the 80s being better, or the early 2000s being better, I think that's, I think that's down to nostalgia. I think that's down to you being younger. And you remembering things because I, think so, I, tell you, I tell you the reason why I say that because you still get people now going, mm. "You changed my life tonight." Mm. You know, I've never been to a rave before, and you've changed everything. Yeah. And in twenty years' time, they're going to say it's not, not like same. it was in twenty yeah, twenty exactly. or twenty. Well, I mean, we get this every bloody decade. Every decade, we get it. You know, some people prefer the nineties, some people prefer, prefer the early two thousands. So I think it's a nostalgia thing, and that's that's the that's the one trap that me and Groove don't fall into. I never say there was a golden age. No. I still feel the same way about the music. Really? I still get... I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, really, come on. I really it's do. all about the music. I honestly, about honestly, else. honestly do. I was <laughs> just telling this geezer just now, we've been a minute. I still can't believe I actually get paid for this shit. This is That's real, man. What, you've actually paid me? Yeah, for doing... It's <laughs> unbelievable. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think it was different. I think, yeah. you know, I've been going out since, as I said, I'm a lot older than Greek. So I've been going out since the 70s. And what? <laughs> late 70s, not early 70s. I'm <laughs> more like 79. And um, every decade people go, even my dad, right? When I used to play funk, I'm talking about Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye. My dad used to say to me, music ain't as good as it was yeah. 10, 10 years before. Yeah. You know, it, this this funk, and I was listening to jazz funk, and he was like, well, it's nothing like I jazz. it's a mockery on them. Yeah, it's, it's not like Miles Davis. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. I think every generation, every generation goes I think that. it's a generational thing. I think you start going, oh, well, it wasn't as good as it was before. But That's just showing I, your d- age. I, d- I, d- I, don't, I don't feel that. I don't feel that. Yeah, I really don't. Never. I feel... Because that, that, that's why we're here, because we're inspired by what's happening next, not what happened before. Yeah. What happened yeah. before happened before. That's great. We love that. But what's next? What are you yeah, going to do yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we did, I, I did, did some amazing gigs last year. You know, uh, me and Groove went to... The, the good thing as well, uh, you've got to remember, Becky, is we travel. So then you yeah. go to places where drum and bass is new. And there's New Zealand, which, which is not new there, but it's, it's, there's a real resurgence. And, and they're having it like, like you wouldn't believe. And sometimes you have six, seven different DJs touring New Zealand, and it's a small island. You yeah. know, it's, it's not a big place, and they absolutely love it. And I went to China in in, in January, Shenzhen, and it was young Chinese kids. It, you know, I went before, and it was a lot of expats there, a, a lot of people that knew Fabian Groove that worked in China, but now it's Chinese kids. And, no and, and they were getting into it. The club was rammed. They were they were having it like like it was the nineties. And I was like, Jesus, man. So you no know, way. it's I, I I think it's all about what you make of it and what mm. you make of it and, mm. and how you was 
you you know you're going back to the time when it was new you know when it was new to yeah. you yeah. And, and and you felt like oh my god my life's changed but that still happens yeah you've got to remember that it still happens man yeah i'd have definitely said it i've had those moments throughout my life and still especially with like drum and bass like the way it's all now merged into multi-different genres within the genre yeah. has been has been so lovely to watch because i mm. suppose when i started listening to drum and bass it was still in it's really in like three oh four it was still like it's yeah. Infancy, yeah 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 so i've managed to see it now with fucking neurofunk and and, and liquid and all the and, other and, and, and drum and bass festivals you've got to remember yeah. this but uh, let yeah. it roll which is in 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 um, Eastern Europe, yeah, they get twenty thousand. Yeah, it's massive, and it's it? that's a drum and bass festival. There's the no Grand house Page as well. It's like double that. Yeah, that's exactly, right. exactly. You know, and and so it's really healthy, and that's the most important thing for me. It, it, it's not dying. Me and Groove, right? I've heard so many times that drum and bass. When dubstep came along, oh, oh bass is you dead. are finished. It's dead. Everyone's yeah, is dead. It's dead. Oh, wait, I ain't seen you around for a while. That's <laughs> <laughs> still doing music. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever, man. And then when Garage happened, exactly the same, same. thing. You know, mm. jump dead. It's all kind of like, you know, it's played out now. And it's still going. Yeah. And it's, and it's stronger than it's ever been before. I don't think there's ever been that many young producers about and, and you know there's k9 there's boo there's you know there's yeah yeah there's young guys my favorite benny l yeah all them lot, new generation they're, they're, mm. they're coming with a different take on things and it's just it's, it's just so fresh like, yeah, that's what i'm saying it's mm. like yo what's next man yeah, yeah we got yeah. all you lot now who's next yeah and there's yeah. a real you know crew's got these guys like furnace and, yeah, and a whole, this whole, this whole bunch of new underground cats coming through and, and and they're and they're doing some mad shit at the moment you're hearing yeah. you're like, whoa yeah yeah so yeah it's I've, still, I've noticed a bit of that it's gone on to the next phase now which is great mm. Yeah, it's almost like the baton's being handed over slightly, isn't it? And through each generation. And what's been amazing is that that drum, like it's jungle and drum and bass have been the genre that has carried on for for so long, and I can't ever see it slowing down now. No, it's never been that high. Do you know what I'm saying? It's never been really peak mainstream wise, and that's what helped it. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. got that notoriety yeah. of just still being a little bit underground. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I remember back even even in the nineties, you weren't embarrassed to say you played it, but it was so extreme. I remember once my sister, I took my sister out um, to a drum and bass rave, and, and she left after about ten minutes. And I said, "Why did you leave?" She said, "It sounded like a crash, a, a, a car reversing down a mountain backwards." And crashing, and I was kind of like, she said, "That's Creative. what some of the tune sounds like to me." And, wow. and, and and people, so people really used to turn. I mean, even house house guys used to really turn their nose up at us, man. We, you know, me, the media didn't weren't interested. I remember Mix Mag um, had this headline, and they called it um, Charlie uh, by the Prodigy. I remember they said, you know, uh, it's you know, this is the end of rave. You know, the music can't get worse than this. And you know, while they were just bigging up all the house stuff, so there was right. always that. Um, we've always felt like we were never really we're the bastard child of music, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow. it's funny. Zinc 
Zinc said, because <laughs> obviously Zinc has played multi-genres as well. For, yeah. and, and he was set, telling a story of a guy, he didn't mention names, um, but a guy who came up to you guys and started slagging Zinc off because he was playing house. And you guys went, well, we fucking play house. What yeah, have you yeah. got to say about that? Yeah, so, we're not having it. I'm not having it. I'm not having yeah. it. I'm not having <laughs> it. Oh, no, you know, no, 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 When people start going, oh, well, he's gone off to make other music. And so what? He's a fucking producer. My mate said yeah. to me one time, great chefs don't just make fish and chips. Do you think that now it's become, I must get on to you guys in the club and, and how club transitions and your first track, but do you feel like it's... Um, it's more acceptable now to play multi-genre in a set than it ever has been before. I suppose so. Yeah, I think so. I, think I mean, so. like, not everybody just likes one facet of the music, do they? They like many different things. I'd have said so now. I, I feel like the raves I go to now, it's more expected for a DJ to play more than one genre. Whereas when I when I was 18 and I was first going to raves, I remember if 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 you were in the middle of a drum and bass rave and it went half time or it went dubstep, people mm. were there in the middle, yeah, like yeah, putting yeah, their middle yeah. fingers up yeah. to the DJ, yeah. like what the fuck? Yeah. And but so yeah. they should. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Do you think? Do you? I mean, it's become find, more accepted I, now. I find, I find the multi-genre thing is more of a commercial thing. Do you know what I mean? I don't really right. see that in underground clubs. Not so, so much. Not no. So much. I mean, some, right. don't get me wrong. I mean. We've uh, it's happened more in the last year. You know, we play after someone like Sherelle, yeah. who's playing like you know. She's some, sick. Yeah, she's you know she's doing her thing, and then we'll come on. Yeah. And you know, but I tell you the difference. Before, if you did that, you used to be so worried about them not getting it, mm. and people I get see. drum and bass now. I mean, back mm. in the day, I remember once we did, we went out to. We did a Radio 1 thing, and it was a garage thing. It was a proper garage nut. They brought us to play drum and bass. And I was, honestly, I was shitting myself. I, I just <laughs> thought, this ain't going to work. And it kind of did, and it kind of didn't work. But now, I think drum and bass... Yeah, you, know, you, you think everybody else is going to be in a problem. Yeah, the problem. Every, yeah, everyone else is going to have a problem, not us. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> wait till we, they come on and they start eating some drums. And, then, and you know, and then it's, as soon as they hear that... I mean, energy, like, when you go to a place and you hear house being played, you think, I'm going to smash the... It used to be like that. You used to think, oh, it, shit, there's bloody house being played. What am I going to play? Yeah, you know it's true. But now you feel like, I can't wait to get on Yeah. Board. I can't wait to get on the KDB because I know I'm going to kill it tonight. So let's talk about how you got started in clubs um, and what were the tunes around the time that, um, you know, really, really grabbed you by the bollocks? Well, we, we started off in house. So, you know, we started off in house music. Well, we started before that was like playing funk and all yeah, that. Yeah, true, true, true. Sound systems and all that. Yeah, we was, we was into the whole sound system culture. Yeah. Different... Um, aspects of, of, of going out and clubbing, yeah. you know, um, going out and clubbing in the early 80s is completely different from going out and clubbing now, yeah. you know. Um, it's a completely different experience. Well, at least if you get into clubs now, I mean, yeah, back then, it's hard to even now. get into a club. And, yeah. Just, and, and, just based on your colour. Yeah, yeah, for you real. Know, it's hard. Right, right, Friend, okay. Black guys, that's have, you know, if you work walking with two girls, you weren't getting into the club. Do you know what I'm saying? So, for real. I mean, they, they used to tell us things like, oh, yeah, the club's busy. Um, 
and we was like we've been standing out here for an hour and there's two people who've gone in there you know what i mean or are you with girls because yeah. if you're not with girls we don't want too much lads getting in there um it, it, it was yeah. ridiculous and i still think it's a bit shit that the whole girls go free before 11 is still a thing as well it's and ridiculous. all of that uh, it's ridiculous mm. all well, of that. that old mentality it's old mentality yeah. and, and you know that 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 kind of shit's got to go but it was worse back in the day. Don't get it twisted. I don't know yeah. if girls are actually getting free or actually moaning about it, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, for the, thing, it's the principle <laughs> of it. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You're but I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. I understand your dilemma, but they're still here before you live. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's still girls at Total Science in their fucking bikinis dancing around like this. Yeah, I mean, no, and they were there before still... 11. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Allow it. <laughs> so, how, so what, let's get one of your tunes in. What was, um, introduce one of your tunes. Let's go for Lenny D'Ice. Tell me a bit more about this track. That well, you this is a track. I'm so glad you put it first because this is this is the this is the track that changed everything for me and Groove. Yes. And changed everything for everybody because um me and Groove were uh we were mixing house with breakbeats um before Jungle even came in. That's that's was a prototype. We were mixing house tracks and it was kind of like what you'd say jungle techno is. So we'd get a house track and then we'd get a track with a breakbeat and we'd mix them together. And Yeah. It was hip hop beats sped up, right? Yeah, that's right. That's what we used mm -hmm. to get. Masters yeah. at work used to do uh, and, and and Frankie Bones, a guy called a DJ called Frankie Bones, used to do a thing called Bones Breaks, where they used to just put breaks. Um uh, you know, probably you know, uh and kind of like sample packs in a in a funny sort of way. And then and then Masters at Work used to just do uh, a break on the B side of their tracks and me and Groove kind of keyed into that. And Groove used to say to me, oh, if you had that break, we could speed it up to 33, you know, to 45, 45. to 45. And, you know, <laughs> don't get me wrong, if I heard it now, it probably sounds terrible. But at the time... You have to remember, we are, we're coming from an age where there were techniques turntables as well. That's another thing. That's, oh, God. Right? So oh, speeding up tunes... You get to do it with your finger. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. We'll be speeding up. You hear a tune flying That's around. Okay, man. Oh, it's crazy, man. I can't believe we got away with that yeah, for so many yeah. years. But yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. But, yeah. I, I do not want to hear the mix. I mean, technology's got a big part to play in it. As oh, well, yeah, it has. And, and um, We Are You was the, the, the tune that... that incorporated. We Are You was the tune which was saying what we was trying to make the, on them turntables. That's what we was trying right. to say. That's what we was trying That's to say. That's what we was trying to do for, for playing music we was trying to innovate that and he and came he, out with this he track made that, he made it as a tune right. that, that you know it's got the four to the floor it's got the aiming coming in yeah. it's, it's, it's just a mad hybrid and, and sounds and, super fresh and even now doesn't it oh it's, it's, mm. it's, it's, you know nobody makes tunes like that mm. no one even makes tunes like that anymore it's, it's still when the aiming comes in man it's, it's, it's all over that will smash up any dance any dance <laughs> well, let's play it. Lenny the Ice, we are in.
because you were kind of you were trying to create this sound on on the decks at raves um, or whatever you would what, what were you using if you weren't using t- what turntables the techniques that you had old to old school belt driven turntables how we used to get Garrard it was Garrard was oh, I don't know what they were yeah, called yeah we used to they were literally they were all the driven. same basis. it's just belt drives which is a whole different me- mechanism so they right. were actually like pieces of bits of rubber that was making the for real and when they used to start the tune they used to slur yeah they used to just go and then it used to start every single tune that's how we started like a gram you know remember grams you know what grams are no she's 90s baby yeah yeah you know what i'm saying go to the natural history museum but yeah it was that's how we started so when techniques came along Man, that was that that was another thing that was a massive. Yeah, danger. I mean, like you have to remember these things cost a load of dough. We yeah. weren't rich guys. Yeah, yeah. So real. to even use them, oh. we had to be playing out in yeah. clubs because So what would you practice on? You didn't. You didn't. You didn't <laughs> practice when you went to a club. <laughs> you way. literally practiced when you went to a nightclub. You that was it. Yeah, it's all live. So for technique were they've held their price. I mean, they were like a lot of money. A lot of money back a then. A lot of money. So, because you were because you were DJing the sound, did you feel did you find that um, other producers were coming up to you with the sound that you were trying to create in a in a track? Yeah, does that make sense to you? Yeah, did, yeah that's what happened. Did, that's exactly what happened. Right. Okay. Cool. You know what happened then? Was uh, after we IE, then we had um, uh, you know uh, guys like Paul Ibiza mm. and and this label called Living Dream and Moving Shadow. Then they all started to make it because we we were play, we were championing this stuff at Rage. That's what we were doing. You know, we we kind of like um, you know gravitated more towards this sound because yeah. you've got to remember Rage was a house club. It was it was a purist house club yeah. as well on the main floor, and we came and and and, and transitioned they it completely completely changed the vibe in there. I don't think that would ever happen now. No. I don't think that would ever happen. I don't think no one would take a risk like that. It was a real massive risk what they took. In one what, of the... to, to hear a sound, a new sound being played in the club and go home and try and make that so that you guys had a... No, it's had... not even, no, no, it's no, not even not that, that, but being in an actual house club and changing it to a drums club. Yeah, right, you, 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 know you know, it was a massive right. thing. It did, Rage was like, they. what the original Rage was, they were trying to get the whole vibe of Paradise Garage from New York. They were trying to get this whole New York real garagey sound, lots of vocals. And he completely done a U-turn, got us in there, <laughs> playing some ghetto shit. Yeah, some That's ghetto what we house. were doing, yeah. and experimenting. Techno. We were, pl- we were playing techno, we were experimenting with breakbeats, we were playing everything. Not the kind of house that was being played in there before. Right, you know, I see. So it was, was a risk for the promoters to have you guys risk. there. And, and right. I remember him saying to us that, you know, the, the old purists weren't, weren't happy with the way everything was going, but it was rammed in there. So, yeah, oh, numbers don't do? lie, man. What's he going to do? Numbers don't lie, as yeah. you said. And, yeah. and, and we were smashing it. We were literally smashing it every single week. We didn't go to the main floor for a couple of years. We was, we was just being tested upstairs. But what happened? Yeah, I saw this in your um, yeah, in the documentary I mean, yesterday. Yeah, we just, we just backup DJs, basically. We was just hosting the room, too. So, there's um, too many people upstairs. Yeah, that too many yeah, people upstairs. Went that must have been cool as fuck, man. It must have been such a nice, like, oh, shit, we're onto something real big here. Yeah, like, yeah, we're exactly. doing something great. 
It must have been amazing to it's kind like of... It's like an apprenticeship, man. We just smashed it. Yeah, we man. didn't even know. I, I mean, I don't look at stuff like that. But we just saw people there dancing. That's all we ever look... That's all I ever care about. I didn't think about the numbers downstairs or if we were going to get promoted or anything like that. I didn't think of any of that. Yeah. Just yeah. the vibe. Just yeah. the vibe, man. Absolutely. Mm. Just being happy to play music on a Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Rage. Um, I don't want to go too much into Rage, as I said, because you guys have um, a documentary that people can watch and you've done the hard work for me on, yeah. on Rage. We've spoken about it a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well... Let's. I'd like to know, in your opinion, what made Rage so unique and influential, even in places like Chicago. Um. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because we just didn't give a shit, basically. We just, like, played music. You have to remember, a lot of people follow scripts, man. We didn't follow any scripts. Mm. You know, we just played what was new, what was fresh, what the new sound was every single week. You know, we we hunted for tunes, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't no, oh, you're going to come in there and you're going to hear a load of anthems. Yo, we didn't deal with that, man. We just, like, kept rolling out, hunting, 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 fresh, fresh, fresh. You know I think saying? it was, you know what? It was an experiment that paid off. They don't always pay off. No, you know what I'm saying? And, and someone taking a risk like that, a risk, that's why it's worth taking a risk because he took a massive risk. Massive. He could have lost everything and he took a huge risk on us and, and it paid off. Yeah. And I think that the payoff was worth it because... Mm. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he had all kinds of organisations that led out of Rage, Dance yeah. 91, Dance This. He had loads of things, spin-offs of Rage and, you know... It made him, man. But you know, the thing is as well, we, we had no idea. That's another thing, Becky, you've got to remember. We didn't have any idea what was going on. Like, it's only until the, since the last couple of years everyone's been talking about Rage that it's really hit home what we yeah, did there. It was. Yeah. Because cause we've always moved on. We've never been old school DJs. We've never been, we've never looked back ever. We've yeah. never, ever done that. So you've got this thing as well where you're just working constantly. So you've got no time to look back and sit there and think, you know what? Oh, fucking Rage was amazing. Because you're thinking yeah. about your next gig. Rage was like when it was. It know, was when it was. It was a long time ago. So until this 
everyone, you know, started talking about it now and it's and it's, it's, it's gained a lot of traction yeah. with everyone kind of like, you know, realising it was the birth of jungle. Mm. Um, we've never really sat back and, and, and processed anything. You know, we don't sit there and pat ourselves on the back thinking, yeah, we're oh, yeah, we, we you know that. what, we did this and that. No, that was last year, man. You know, what are we going to do next year? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's the future's always a lot more important. How did you um how did you find the 30 years of rage reunion in terms of because it was all the same lineup right it was all the old school DJs yeah, yeah. from back in yeah. day yeah. and it looked like a proper like there were a lot of hairlines missing. A lot of teeth missing. Who bulges here and there? Generally, it was pretty much the same. It's true, It's so much things that we saw from the past, right? Yeah. was going, you lot don't look any different. And I'm thinking, you kind of do. You can't see it. But yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing to see because we had what was great, a lot of the people from even the early acid acid house days turned up. Yeah. And we saw people that we haven't seen for right. 30, 30 odd years. Yeah, wow. some, some of the old time some of, You know, they no all came way. down. Yeah, yeah no, there's a lot real. of industry people there as well that actually didn't, you know, weren't at Rage, but heard about it. Yeah, yeah. So they get to come down to experience the music that was played at that time. So it was it was, it was, was amazing. It really was amazing. You know, yeah. we, we were really worried because, you know, you, you do these things, you never know. Yeah. But having it back in the heavens was really important. Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. big, that's, big, that's, big that's, that's a, It was a massive thing. And, and you know, having it back in the heavens was, um, made it feel like rage. Authentic. It really made it feel authentic, man. So one of the songs that was taken off the Rage album was Champion Sound, Key Project. And it it features quite um, predominantly in the documentary. Mm-hmm. I was... I was listening out for a song I could I could pick um, for the podcast, and I was watching I was watching that last night, and I was like, "Oh, this one's fucking sick! I'm going to sound this one." And I was like, "Shit, they picked it!" <laughs> so tell me a bit about this song. Oh, it's an amazing tune, man, and it and it's still got it's still um, it, it's it, it's it's not aged. You know, some of these tunes are not aged well. You know, yeah. some of them you know you can't really play them anymore. But like Terminator. These tunes are timeless. They really are. And Champion Sound still got that vibe. It still sounds still sounds relevant. Um, and it's a very simple tune. But it's the it's the um, the stabs in it are just great. Um, yeah. It's, it's just and it's so well produced and it's just got that yeah, especially for that time. Man. Yeah, man, for real. Yeah. And, it's like that, one of the that, early jungle jungle records, right? Yeah, yeah, man. That used to tear up the dance, man, and, and mm. it still does. You play a jungle, so you play put that on. You know that it's passport tune. You can't yeah. go wrong. Can't yeah, go wrong. Yeah, that passport tune. tune. Passport tune, man. So passport tune. Tune you can play anywhere. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Come on, you should have figured that one out. That was a difficult, Becky. Come I'm on now. I'm stealing it. Right, let's listen to this passport tune. It's passport where I'm from. Um, <laughs> this is Champion Sound Q Project.
that tune is that it sounds like most of the drum bass I listen to has been influenced massively from those crunchy bass sounds. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's mad like how... It just it just sounds super fresh to me. It just sounds like you can tell that how the journey's happened with drum and bass, but how true it has stayed really to those early jungle records and those kind of crunchy synths that they were using back then and how, you know, this drum the drum nowadays with drum and bass, it's it's almost like a homage to the old stuff. Which, no, uh, well, a lot of it is a lot of these guys like um, you know, a lot of producers nowadays boo and a lot of those kind of guys are paying homage you know that's what they're doing but it's yeah. great because they're coming with a whole fresh take on, on, on what it used to be and they're just giving it yeah. a real kind of youthfulness which is yeah they're keeping the basic rules man and then you know yeah. switching it up a little piece and yeah just making it their own which is good yeah which is nice for me because as somebody who feels like i've kind of missed out on the best days of rave mm. i feel like the the music i go to now uh, the, the the music i hear going to raves now is still just as exciting of as course. it was back of then um, so it's actually quite nice to know that I've, i haven't necessarily missed out on anything but have you ever have you seen a ch seen a change to the scene over the years we just see it. it's yeah. always changing that's the whole point of it you know, this is like. Do you think technology music. has has massive changed? Part. Oh, yeah, yeah. Massive, massive, massive part. I mean, massive. everybody's a producer. Everybody's a DJ now. This wasn't around right. 20, 25 yeah. years ago. Yeah, you know, you yeah. had to go and spend your big money, go to a studio, you know, hire it out for the day. You know, spend a bigger bag of change and make sure you came out with something. Yeah, now yeah, yeah, true. There was so much pressure. Yeah, man. There was so much wow. pressure. You could have ten mm -hmm. tunes sitting down on your laptop now. Playing yeah. about, playing about, playing about. Mm. Back in the day, you had to finish. <laughs> yeah, it was just another bag of change. I remember we 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 done a tune called Rage. We done a tune called Rage, and 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 someone put up the money for it, and we literally, you know, he was paid by the hour, so he was like, this tune has to be finished by a certain time. So you did. You you had timelines. You had to finish these tunes. That's yeah, why yeah, people. Well, you you produced a track called Rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how how was that all? I'm guessing that was all with analog synths and having yeah, exactly. to record it through a dat tape well, uh, and all that. Proper, yeah, drum machines. You know, fucking balling. Yeah, it? <laughs> yeah. That's what, exactly. As I say, when you're hiring a studio, these things that took time. Yeah. So if you, you have to hire twelve hours minimum. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So that weren't cheap. People are rolling out tunes in three hours now. On the laptop, two hours. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you'd be, you know, it's it's a whole different scenario now, man. Do you, do you ever think? And from what I've gathered, just from talking to you guys, you guys are super. Like, you only think you're very present and future. You, I've got the idea that you don't really look back, which is, you know, what I've noticed a few people I've spoken to, um, apart from Pete Tong, but um, have kind of just roll with the punches. Um, but do you ever think that if that sort of technology was about when you were growing up that things could have been different or you could have, you know, done things that you've done earlier on in your career or um, and the weight of stuff like that now, you know, do you, do you, do you ever wish that the technology was around when you were kids? No. It's what it was. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. I, I've never changed what happened before. 
I don't want to change that. That's part of my history. And like, I loved what it was back then as well. It's just I think the now. fact it was harder. The fact it was harder, you yeah, had to that's grasp what made, more. That's what stems us, though, isn't it? I, I love, that's what made us mm. what we are. Do you exactly. know what I mean? You, you learn. It's too far away now. That's my problem yeah. now. It's too far away. Like, tunes exist for two weeks and they're gone. Yeah, Do you know what it, I'm exactly. I mean, so, we would put tunes away now. week in, week out for months. Now, people that want to hear tunes, like, longer than a couple of weeks, say, oh, yeah, he's made another five tunes since then. It's kind of like, <laughs> that tune's old. And, and sometimes you get caught up in it. Sometimes, you know, you're so present that you, you forget about tunes that came out two months ago that yeah, were sick. exactly. It's too far away. And, mm. and, you know, and you hear someone else play, you think, oh, my God, I've stopped playing that tune because I think it's old. And it came out eight weeks ago. It probably still ain't even out yet. It's not even out. It's not even out. It's not even out. You can't even get it. And you've got this thing in your brain where it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, that tune's dead now. And, it's, and you know, it's kind of like, that is, is is a little bit annoying that you could just roll tunes out and, and rebuild tunes a lot more. Also, I think, you know, people are under, the pres- under pressure to bring tunes out quicker nowadays. I think because the, yeah. the way, because of Spotify and the so way it's streaming. It's a whole different way of selling music now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What and so, you You're know, only as good as your last Instagram post, isn't it, really? That's what I'm trying to say. It's, that, know, it's exactly. that vibe. You know, yeah. look, 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 when we used to be on Radio 1, we used to have to cut dubs. You've got to remember, we weren't playing shit. Like, we weren't playing CDs and we weren't playing that. We were playing dubs. So we, we were spending... Like throw away. For, you couldn't just cut anything. You'd yeah. have to cut shit you liked. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can have on a put on a USB tunes don't even really like that much. Mm. But you sit down and think, mm, well, it might go on less, the when you do that, it's less quality control. There's less right. quality control because there's just you, you can get away the with tune it. as well. I don't have to pay sixty pounds for that and take a risk on it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Before it just, you didn't I, have to pay twenty five, thirty, fifty pounds for it. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, right. there's aspects of it. I'm glad we came through a harder time yeah, than it definitely. is now. I'm glad we did, because you learn lessons, man, that people ain't really learning right now. Exactly, you know I mean? so they won't be around for much, very, very they long. They ain't going to be around for too long. Because you've got to have some balls in this thing, man. Yeah, man. You've got to have some yeah. skin. My, I was talking to my boyfriend, he books NAS, um, and has been the booker there for about nearly 15 years now and we were talking about this because he he's like, he hasn't booked me enough tell him that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk, you know you need to talk to your boy <laughs> sorry I'm cool I was, I, I was going to be at last year, but I'm cool that was a joke I was having a joke fucking hell he's going to shit him <laughs> bro you're going to be on that lineup for yeah, the next I know 10 I years <laughs> yeah I know I but he was he actually told me not to talk about um the dub dub plate culture and stuff because he was like you don't know enough about it so don't mention it but fuck it um andy andy mentioned at 16 i said earlier that he would be in the queue for music house and you guys would 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 stroll on up and you were basically the royalty of music house um did you was there a time when you guys were you know, pissing into a bottle in the queue, waiting for six hours to get into music. Into, Let me into tell you something shop. about Music House. If you're David Rodigan or you're Just Shaka, you're nice. Ryder's got to sit down, yeah, right? Yeah. I've got to sit down. I've got to, sit, I've got to wait my six hours because you don't go in front of Rodigan or Shaka, no yeah. matter who you are. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Right. I was spending a lot of money at Music House and I was getting a lot of love over there. But any time one of those two come in, 
I'm going to I'll go and get some lunch or something because yeah, Rodrigo was that that was his that was his house. That's his house. Saying. So yeah. we were still not like Shaka. just Shaka. But house, not mine. We went through that with record shops, you know, back in the day when we used to get records. We we weren't you know first in line. We were queuing up like punters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and the top DJs were getting their records. Um, they used to just stroll in the shop, get their records it's in the bag, bag, and walk out. Yeah. And we, we used to be... To we used to get the scraps. We used to get the scraps, literally. So they used to get all the brand new shit and we used to just get what was left. So we used to sit around the record shop for six, seven hours just getting the scraps. And then you become that guy that gets the record. You walk yeah. in and it's kind of like, I've got a bag of records for you. So we've been through that. You know, everything that has happened, you know, people go, yeah, royalty and whatever, but we we've been that. through that. We've come through... Um, the system. Yeah. We've been at we've been at the bottom of the pile, trust me. Yeah. We've been right at the bottom. And 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 you know, by the time Music House got around and, and we were so-called royalty, we don't we earned our strikes by then. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And we still have to show respect yeah. to, to you the know, other guys. Yeah, we still, you know, we don't our stripes and you know, and we would luckily we were grateful that we were first in the queue, but we used to take the piss and just like, yeah, you know, like everybody has to wait, yeah? You wait till I finish cutting my exactly. shit. You know what I'm saying? But you have to remember as well, <laughs> they also didn't mind waiting because they knew they was going to hear shit they ain't got. <laughs> 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 so they didn't actually mind. So they, when Andy and all yeah, that people about, I was, I was waiting six hours and all that, bro, he was getting a schooling. Yeah, remember they, that, they yeah? They were getting, they were getting twisted. Do you know what I mean? They were, they were, they were getting uh, yeah. bringing up people like, yeah, I just heard Groove cut that thing. Can I get a piece of that? <laughs> Looking in your basket, exactly. saying what you've got. Working. You know what I'm saying? Don't <laughs> yeah, so act like you was mad. You weren't mad. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get some more music on. My track that I chose was Tic Tac Toe Ephemeral. Yeah. And I was listening through to the album and this is the one that really stood out for me because it was, um, again, what I was saying about um, uh, Q Project, it it was one of those kind of tunes that I could hear where Mm. the current, you know, the new generation of German bass DJs, they're getting their inspiration from tunes like this. Yes, yeah, yeah, 100%. And it really stood out for me. I I want to listen to it. It's uh, Tic-Tac-Toe, Ephemeral. Do you know that was um, one part of Basement Jacks that made that tune? You're joking. Which yeah, one, Felix? I, I think it was Felix. It's probably yeah. Felix, yeah. Yeah, it's Felix, yeah. And we remixed no that as well. No way. Yeah, yeah. That, that he, he, he came up to me 
I saw him once and he went, you know, um, he was talking, he went tic-tac-toe. Do you know, you know, I made that tune. I was like, what? holy shit like the last person you think of he's you know what I mean I've always rated Basement Jacks I actually sang Good Luck on The Voice years ago so I've been a massive oh did you yeah it was actually in fact Vula I don't know if you know their singer Vula she did Oh My Gosh but we started talking because she was like oh I saw you doing Good Luck on the telly I didn't know you did that man yeah, so I've always I've been a proper fan of, of Basement Jacks. Yeah, well, they made that tune. Well, well, Phoenix no did. Yeah, way. I'll have to, uh, that's that's mad. So I mean, I'll, I'll I'll have to get them on and start talking about that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the other couple of tracks that we um, that you guys have, have chosen, um, again, I do. Uh, it's it sounds so it sounds so fresh, and you can definitely hear where people have drawn their inspiration from. And it was these tunes, really, that it feels like to me that it was these tunes that really birthed a whole new um, scene, vibe, genre um, that became what it did. One of your choices is LTJ Bookham music. Let's listen to that. From that, like yeah. the 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 long held pads and the strings and the kind of twinkly bits in there. Yeah, that was, it was called intelligent drum and bass back. In the yeah, that's what they called it. Intelligent <laughs> yeah. Mixmag called it that actually. Yeah, uh, that, that was yeah, that's what that was. Really that's probably one of, one of the top five drum and bass strings of all time. Oh, for me that personally. Is just like I'd like to say it was in the top three, but then his head would get a bit big. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell him all the time, man. I, that have, tune, I love that tune. That man. tune is just like I always thank him for just because we tingle down my spine every time I hear that, even hearing it then. Sounds like it's just current. Just sounds current. Yeah, it sounds like nothing else as well. I don't think there's yeah. been another tune that sounds like that. There's probably just about four sounds in it. Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah, there's probably about four, four sounds, sounds in this. There's nothing to work. that tune, and, it and sounds he's made so it sound as well. That's what yeah, I'm made yeah. it sound like an orchestra's played that mm. man. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's the magic of of working with you know. Uh, that's why technology is not always a great thing. You know what I mean? These right. guys were making all that shit on, on next to nothing. And, and, and just that's just raw talent in that tune. I mean, he's made some great tunes, but that is that is the best. Yeah, that's the one. That's that is the one, man. It's just and it, how, how long is that tune? Nine, nine, ten minutes. I don't know that. Wow. And, and he's made the tune interesting the whole way through. You don't get bored of it, and it's that in itself is 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 you know you got you got a, skill. Put, put a bit yeah. of respect on his name to, to do just yeah. doing that. And yeah, it's amazing tune, amazing tune. What a little, what a collection of tunes you've chosen. I feel, I feel truly blessed to have actually got a, you know, list to have gone through and to fill my ears with such great tunes. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you guys. Oh, thanks, like, for I listen, thank you, thank you so, so much. And, um, fascinating. And uh, 
And respect to what you're doing yeah, as well. Yeah, do keep doing what you're doing, yeah, man. You're man, entertaining us. Because you know, you know what's what great? It's great to have someone who's broken the mainstream with your songwriting and, and what you do. And who's such a, a real fan of this music. That's all right. Just it's remember what? me when I'm coming to look for some vocals, yeah? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Just remember me, yeah? When yeah. You're, when you're riding mine like that, just remember me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember I've done this to you, yeah? And when this is all over and done with the boys booking Naz next time, yeah? Yeah. 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 Remember, this, well, remember this, yeah? Right? Remember. Oh, you need to get a pen and paper and write this down because you're not, you're not writing this down. I'm not getting... <laughs> Like, no, no, respect to no. what you're doing, and, and every time I see, you know, I'll say to my daughter, you know, she, you know, she loves drum and bass, you know, love really? it, and I know and, you do, I know you genuinely yeah, do. It's not just, no joke to no, and I've sang, I've, I remember when I did Afterglow and I'd get so gassed that no matter what state, no matter how big my pupils were, I'd run up to the DJ and be like, I ran, I sang this, I wrote it. <laughs> and then I'd be there like, smoking. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> I fell into this job, this job and, and built for me. I've been like, and what has been nice is because I want to resonate with other people from my age and especially other girls, I suppose. And I think drum and bass has definitely become more um, female. There's more of a female, female presence at yeah, raves definitely. now. Yeah. And it's so nice to be able to, to talk to, like literally I feel like it, if it wasn't for the fact that I've been doing these songs that have got into the charts, nobody would fucking talk to me. And that's how I feel. I feel like I'm just some some girl oh, from the Midlands. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Last question before you go. What has kept you two together over 30 years and kept you going? It's jokes, man. Yeah, j- j- jokes. No, you know what? You see how we are. You this know is what? how we are all the time. This is, it's jokes. It's just pure jokes. He sends me, right, the maddest memes and videos. All of, Me and Groove, <laughs> I don't think we've ever gone 10 minutes without laughing. No matter what's happened, we we, we laugh. And I just think we've got a, a, a real bond. That yeah, 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 of course. You know, sometimes if you've got a real bond with someone, you can't really explain it. Um, it's, 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 it's deep. It's really, really deep. And... Um, and uh, I, I'm so glad. Yeah, man. Same here, man. I just I'm, know that I'm, I'm just... going to leave with a smile on my face. Yeah, yeah. Because we, 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 we get so much Sometimes we, we cry with laughter. We cry with laughter. But we've never, had, we've never, had, we've never like, had an argument or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. So that shows you how deep that bond is. You see? You see? So, you know, really, what we should do, really, is give that, give that relationship advice. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't know how to do it. Don't you know what I'm saying? Exactly. They don't know how to do it. We don't argue. We don't do none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? So, no, there's, there's a special synergy with us. And it's great. And, you know, and it's, it will all last yeah, forever. Long mate, we'll yeah, remain, yeah, yeah, long mate last. Yeah. Well, this has been an absolute honour. Thank you so, so much. And I really hope to see you guys at a rave soon. And yeah, I'll, have no, a drink, I'll have a drink with you guys backstage. Make sure, and... but you're paying. Remember, less festival. <laughs> <laughs> and vocals. Yeah. Next Yeah, I've got a checklist. Yes, yes. You're not writing it down, Becky. I need to see you writing it down. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Mass (laughs) vocals. Got it. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you so much. Have the best day. Thank you so much for your time, guys. It was an absolute pleasure. No problem, no problem. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers, Bye, guys. Bye.
The Art of Rave is presented and written by me, Becky Hill. It is a Strawberry Blonde production for my record label, Echo Records. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.